0: Ask the Podcast Coach for June 29th, 2019. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. Oh, check this out. You can make uh you can make uh Ryan sing here. You ready? No one will punch in the face. No one will punch in the face. Music's a little loud. Ah, anyway, that's, that's well, the, welcome to- <laughs> the version. Welcome to no one will punch you no it's actually ask the podcast coach where uh, you get your podcast questions answered live i'm dave jackson from the school of podcasting.com and joining me right over there is jim cullison from the average how's it going jim Jim.
1: greetings dave happy saturday morning to you a sweltery summer day here in nebraska we're expecting 98 uh, temperature today
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's one of those where I was out walking around in the morning because, hey, it's cool out, and it was already like 81, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those kind of days, so that's Mm -hmm. uh, always a lot of fun. But
1: we're inside. It's cool. It's Ask the Podcast Coach. Love to hear from you. Jump jump in here if you want to ask your questions.
0: If you have a question, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And uh, of course, if you're by chance listening on Spreaker, we are at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. We do not check the Spreaker chat because I'm already way too ADD and uh, multiple chat rooms would just make my head explode. But uh, I I thought we would start off with like, I I saw this in a Facebook group and I'm like, on one hand, you kind of want to go, but on the other hand, it's. It's you kind of go really, but I'm like, ah, that is a good question. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's kick off with this. Uh, it's very generic. But on the other hand, if somebody said to you, Jim, how do you create a successful podcast? And I went, isn't that what we're talking about all the time? But yeah. I'm like, yeah. if we really, somebody said, yeah, but how do you make a successful podcast? And well, I went,
1: yeah, you got to kind of, I think you got to sit down and figure out what's success to you. What are you trying to do with this Uh so, for example, at Gallup, um, we probably have an audience you know that's in the tens of thousands who, who could be listening to the podcast, and so that for me to expect a hundred thousand or you know five hundred thousand, half a million per show is pretty unrealistic because my niche is pretty small. We're talking about strengths. We're talking about coaching and strengths coaching and Clifton Strengths coaching. So it niches down about three or four times. So. We have a show, our most popular show probably does three or four thousand an episode. Pretty happy with it. Like that's okay. I've I've captured a third, maybe a half to a third of the audience that's available out there to me. I'm okay with that. Home Gadget Geek's completely different. That could be that's a big gigantic tech audience. Like that could be, you know, that could be one that could go for a while. That's in the hundreds, like, and especially since the haircut that we got, if you listen to Todd and Rob talk about the haircut, mm-hmm. right? The haircut that we got in stats, you know, went from like a thousand to six hundred, and I'm like, oh, yikes. Okay, now could if that you're just taking numbers into account? Well, then the, maybe the Home Gadget Geeks is a is more of a failure than than the, the Gallup one, right? If you're just just stats, but I've got a great community on the Home Gadget Geeks side. I have guys who email me every week. I have people who care about me as a person. Like, okay, that's success to me. And, and if you're building, if you're starting a podcast to build a community, you know, when, once you get only so many, you can only get so big before that community becomes ineffective. So, actually, I think if you're growing a community, smaller is better than bigger. So, I think you got to, Dave, don't
0: you got to go through and kind of figure out what are you trying to do this for, right? Yeah. And and you make a great point. It's, it's a number of, because we all like, well, there's 80 million people, however, you know, trillion, gazillion people in the world. And I've only got a couple hundred. I'm like, yeah, but how many people are in your actual like industry? And then you have to look at how many people in that industry really, really love this topic. Like, we all love Pop Tarts. Who doesn't love Pop Tarts? But if I started a Pop Tart podcast, there's only going to be a small amount of people that are going to listen to the Pop the the Pop Tart podcast. Where we, all right, this week we're doing brown sugar cinnamon. Woohoo! You know, um, it's it's not going to be one of those where. So you have to kind of figure out, I think, how big your industry. And, of course, the, the big question, I think, mm-hmm. the thing you have to start at, like you said, why are you doing this? But also, who are you talking to? Yeah. Which kind of goes back to the same thing, is how many people in your industry? Because if I did a, a Frisbee golf show, and there's only 2,000 Frisbee golf fans, and I get 400 people listening to the podcast, that's 20% of my audience is already listening. And I'm like, okay, so... I think that was really for me. I always tell people exactly what you said. Who, why are you doing this? And then who are you talking to? Because mm-hmm. if you don't know who you're talking to, then how do you know what content's going to be good? You know, and then just yeah, you got to get some
1: feedback. Like you got to get in there and like, do, does this re- resonating with people? Are they enjoying it? Are they doing things with it? Do you have a? Do you have something they can engage with, or purchase, or buy, or give them, or stickers, or? You know, there's no, there's no one of these things at work. I think you got to kind of try them all and see what fits your community. Um, I think you know our ladies do better at this because there's there's so much more relational than, than than us guys. Now that's a big broad statement. I know I just probably offended a whole bunch of guys, but they are. <laughs> it's just they are. They are yeah. the ladies are better at this. So when they create many of them, and I've watched them, you know, she podcasts and some of those other ones. They really, almost to a detriment, sometimes get involved with their audience, and I mean deep with their audiences, and um, and and that's, I mean that's again, it kind of depends if you're if you're doing a marketing podcast, like for us at Gallup, I mean we're just really trying to reach as many people as we possibly can. That's the goal with that thing, and so am I creating valuable content that would would that people would like, and they'll come. We ask them all the time. I mean, we're a survey research company. We ask them all the time. What do (laughs) you like surveys? (laughs) What do you want? What do you want? I'm listening to them on Facebook. I am answering their questions, right? I
0: I think you just got to figure out what that is. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of get your audio so it's not distracting. That's really not that hard these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. If you can create a consistent schedule. So people know that every Thursday, Jim's going to be, you know, at a certain time and place or whatever. I don't know that the or time every really other works. or yeah. once a month, yeah. as long as as people know, right? Yeah. 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 And then just constantly work at it to make really good content. And that's really, to me, the hard part is making stuff that, you know, I always say you should make content that inspires people to share your content. And that looks really good on paper and it sounds good, but doing it is a whole other, you know, thing, D- but Dave, you can listen, This is going to be sacrilege, but be careful too. You
1: can listen too much. Like if if Mm -hmm. your audience will have you, especially if they grow. Say, I think they get over five or six hundred. They will start giving you conflicting, conflicting feedback. So one person will say, "I really like it when you use red," and the other person will be, "I love it when you use blue." Just to use the political colors here in America. And you, you know, then so you start trying to play both sides. And these are, even within your niche, these are opposites within the niche. And, you know, I, I really like it to listen to the, the audio fast and I speed it up and somebody's like, Oh no, no, no. I slow it down and read the transcript. And you're like, <laughs> okay, those are the opposite things. And so you can try to, if you try to serve two masters on that, you can make it a really um, schizophrenic kind of podcast. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's kind of not, it's not there. So I think you have to be careful, too, that you take your feedback carefully and and not try to go to one extreme
0: or the other. Yeah. And I think it goes back to your original point. If you know why you're doing it, maybe talking blue fits in more with your why than red does. And does that mean that you might lose the red listener? Uh Uh-huh. But on the other hand, you know, it's like if you try to be everything, a red listener
1: is bad. Yeah,
0: (laughs) just kidding, kidding, people. Just kidding. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with being a red listener. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then just don't quit. You know, it's just a matter of keep doing it. And um, I interviewed a guy yesterday. He does a show called the uh, Japan. Oh, I I have it in my notes. Uh, Disrupting Japan. And he said he tried Facebook. He was spending hundreds of dollars on Facebook trying to promote his show and Twitter and all this other stuff. And he said, what really turned his show from, you know, 42 listeners to a couple hundred was going to where his audience was. He started going to live events and things like that. Uh, I got a couple of questions in the chat room. Let's let's throw these in here. Um, Jay says, I've got a, he had a Mackie four Oh two VLZ three, lost the headphone jack sound yesterday, accidentally left it on, on a hot day and it may have overheated. Hmm. Number one, anytime you troubleshoot, always break it down. So try a different pair of headphones. I had a thing last night. I thought my mouse died because it did. In the middle of a Zoom meeting, my mouse just quit working. And I'm like, it's not battery operated. And what it was is I unplugged it from a USB hub, which was sitting here glowing blue. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. But the USB hub is um, uh, also um, plugged into an extension cord. So I unplugged the hub and plugged it back in and everything came back. It was re- weird because it was sitting here glowing blue. So I would try the, the headphone jack. Uh, yeah. Power everything down,
1: just kind of power it down and maybe even change locations. So move the mixer to another location, plug it in, and then do <clears throat> then do one thing at a time. Add a, add a source, make sure it's coming out of the mains, make sure the lights are working, then work on your headphone jack if you're if it's gone like you know there's four screws that hold that board on you got to pull that thing off i i don't have you ever have you looked at a modern mixer mixer today dave do you have any idea i've never pulled one apart so that would that could be that be if you did burn it if it's burnt out or it got stuck or you know it's just a sound resistor in there right it's just it, it gives it more and more current as you turn yeah. that knob if it's the same one i have on my mackie mixer um mm. You're gonna have to you have to replace that. See if you could check
0: and see if there's somebody in town that services those. That, that be- or see if you can get. I'm trying to think here, you could take like the headphone or not the headphone up, but the uh, like the tape out and probably via yeah. some connectors into an interface and then yeah. use the headphone jack on the interface. Yeah. Uh, that would be a, a total band-aid, but it would work.
1: Well, if you burned it out, say it is bad. It yeah. does happen. Like, these things do go bad, right? right. You, you could come out of another output for the, just a headphone, run that into a headphone amplifier, and then you would get the various settings that you would need if, if you want to do it that way. If that's all you're using it for, most podcasters aren't using the mains. Right. They just don't use the mains out of the, the the main settings. Although that will affect if it's USB driven. That affects that. You got to be kind of, you got, I guess you got to be kind of careful. Man, that would suck if the headphone jack, if you lost your, yeah. If you lost either the jack or the volume on it to, to
0: adjust it. Yeah. That would be a bummer. Um, yeah. yeah. Got a question here. Have you ever felt like being in between making a podcast on a specific niche that you really dig and make a podcast in a niche s- in the niche center. And then he says later, he actually added to that um, specifically, not really for all. I'm not sure. Do you understand? So, the question? Yeah, right?
1: I think so. Uh, in other words, a small niche that you really like. So your numbers are going to be small versus right. maybe moving back towards the center, the more populist to, to a more populist movement, but it's not nichey. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's not as nichey. So specific. You really like it more general. Don't like it so much. I think that's. I think that's the question. That yeah, I mean
0: I, I mean this show is niche. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, home gadget geeks, that's niche. It is niche. Yeah. Um although not not in some ways, but yeah, well, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean I do a weight loss show and it's the reason I still do that weight loss show well, number one because I need to lose weight. Um and but the other re- it's when I look at my numbers, I get huge num well huge compared to you know, other podcast related shows, it's like, you know, double, you know, it's hard to walk away from that kind of audience. I'm like, ah, uh. but going back to Jim's point it is you know, do I get a lot of feedback from that audience I that on occasion, but it's not like a super tight knit community around that. It, I don't know that audience as much. So it kind of depends on what you're, you're looking for. Um, but to me, it's always a matter of, you know, do you want to talk about it? Because if I pick a bigger, if I look at something that I don't know, I'm trying to think of a topic that would be just instantly probably successful or have you know if I did a pol- maybe a political or let's what's, what's a really popular TV show? Let's say Game of Thrones comes back with a prequel, and I'm going to start a TV show about that. Built in audience should be awesome. Okay, but me personally, I'm going to offend a lot of people. I I don't get TV show podcast. I just don't get it. If I watched it, why do I need? Super popular though. It's yeah, community, it Dave. It's community. It is. That it's really is people it.
1: People who want to talk about it more.
0: Yeah. You know. You know. So, but when I listen to it, I'm like, well, I saw the episode. Why? You know. But um, so, but that would be an example. of One. I wouldn't do a Game of Thrones prequel show because I don't get it. Now I know there'd be probably a big audience for it, and people would be going crazy, and they'd be wearing their costumes at events and everything else. But I'm like, mm, if I don't want to talk about it. You know, I've done I've done that. I started a show called the Customer Service Show. My background was in customer service. I did about six episodes and was like, Ugh, I'm tired of talking about this. And it was like I thought it made sense because that was my background. I'd won awards in it, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, Eh, not really my passion. Even though it was my job, it wasn't my passion. And I'm like, that's so I th- I think you gotta like it or you gotta get paid for it. One of the yeah. two.
1: Like that's if you it. get paid for it, man, you can like a lot of things. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, whoa Hey, uh, talking about Roundup Ready plants—that's pretty great, you know. When yeah. you're getting paid for it, uh, otherwise. But, um, you know, the the passion I think helps drive it. Remember when Mark Marin did a TV show? Remember when he had, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, and and I was talking with Ray Ortega about it at the time, and we almost started a podcast around the TV show that was about a podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that the Maron show.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, it's sounded super fun. We just never got it pulled together, Mm. but when you're having fun doing it, you know, we used to get on, we just used to jump on these, you know, hangouts or blab or whatever on the weekends and just talk and we'd record them and put them out. Right. When you're passionate about it, you love it and you get some benefit from it. Um, I I think it, that, that covers the fact that you're not getting paid or it's not doing very well. You're not getting that many downloads because you really enjoy what you're doing.
0: Yeah. We've got an update. He says uh, I work with education, mathematics, and then there are tons of short classes on YouTube, like how to calculate a square root. And he says I'm more into the philosophy of mathematics. Well, do what you love.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's an itch, but do it. I listen. I watch some really weird podcast or really weird YouTube stuff. That's educational that way, and I think it's cool. But you just got to do it. You'll never know until you start doing it. Do it in your own style too, because you never know that could get real popular.
0: Yeah, and then we have a uh, an update on the mixer situation. He's powered down, checked everything else, tried multiple headphones, all of it worked except the headphone jack. Yeah. And Daniel has said uh if you use a headphone adapter, have you tried a different adapter or may- yeah, so the the key here is uh Daniel's talking about maybe a, a different adapter if you're using that. So here again, anytime you do troubleshooting, you want to break it down piece by piece and replace everything or try a different one. Um in, in the chain of whatever it is you're 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 using. so Yeah, and you're not sure if it's actually the
1: jack itself, you know, where you're inserting the quarter-inch plug in. Um, those aren't actually, if you can solder, those are not that difficult to replace. It's a screw on top, pull it out, unsolder it, get a new one, put it in there. You can find those on Amazon. They're easy. Solder it on, put it back in, screw it in. Now there's a lot of wires underneath. When you lift up, when you take the on your board, when you take that cover, if it comes off, and, and it should, when it comes off, there's a tons of wires that are exposed up underneath there, and getting to that could be a problem. So, if you're adventurous, um, it, it's it's kind of worth a try. Uh, yeah. Take take it apart and just lift it up and see what the see what the battle is underneath there. You know, if you said it got really hot and it's undone the solder, that's pretty hot to un, to to to, to yeah. do that, but. It just maybe re-adding the solder back into it and getting it done. You got to kind of know what you're doing there, so be careful.
0: Yeah, and and I would do that when I figured out that I'm left with buying a new one. So if I take it apart and ruin it, it was kind of already ruined. So yeah, yeah. Uh, use it for spare parts for the future, which nobody does anymore. Nobody yeah. nobody has spare parts. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the chat room was talking about boom arms, Jim. I know you use the Rode P. Yeah two T uh, oh, I'm using right a Samson boom arm. And the only thing I kind of dislike about it is like, I have to like, it's like a workout to get this bad boy to move. Um, and then the other thing is, and I don't get it because it has a thing, right? He said, Oh, left is right. Right is left. Anyway, this thing should, wow, I really can't get it. And now I'm going to give up. I'm having a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a thing to tighten so the microphone doesn't swing. And I had this thing so tightened I, I, and it would still kind of pivot. So what I did is they give you these cute little uh, Velcro strips. And I just tied the, I basically am using the mic cable to position the microphone. And it's like 60 bucks. They do make, you know, the newer, or whatever these little in there, are uh, of course, now it's not going to make any noise. That's like 15, 20 bucks. Not terrible. Not, not terrible. terrible, but I, just, don't make it your main driver. Yeah. Um and then uh Chris Nessie said, um the blue arm. I know a couple of people that have it's made for a blue yeti, but it's actually pretty slick. It's also ninety ish dollars, I think, if I remember right. I, I think the road and the heil and and yeah.
1: the 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 um the one you just said. Yeah. I think those are a hundred. And then I think the Samsung, how much did you pay for the Samsung? I wouldn't. Well, actually I, I, I didn't pay anything. Oh, Well, what, 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 like, what it? it'd be it'd be 60 bucks. Okay. So that's kind of mid grade. And then the newer yeah. ones are 15 or 20. Yeah. The newer ones are not bad. If you have devices like cameras or stuff that, and you can yeah. modify that front end, you can put various things. If you're not moving things around a lot, those, those, but you do need to move them around. Those arms are pretty good. They're not, you know they're not very. They're not going to last very long. Although I say that, I bought four of those for Gallup, like I don't know, four years ago. I shipped them all around the world. and have given them to hosts in in Mexico and in Singapore and, and in Australia, and they still have them. And so it's yeah. not like they just break.
0: But, yeah, uh, the only thing that broke on this one was there's a cable built into it, and the cable went wacky. So yeah. I just cut oh. it out. You know, I wouldn't I, recommend the cable, not, no. not, not in a million years. And um, I always plugged it in via USB, hence why this cable sitting here. Uh, and it's fine. It just, my only problem was with this one is there's nothing to tighten the, there's no tight, it's just a bunch of springs. Yeah. And consequently, yeah. you know, <laughs> I could catapult the 2100 into if the 2100 network. is not heavy enough. No, so I'd have yeah. to, which is easy to fix. I could just, you know, get a bunch of weights or something and tie it to it. The uh, yeah. the nerds
1: the nerds the tech nerds the guys I hang out with they'll open up a be, uh, old hard drives and take those magnets that are in they're really big and thick and heavy yeah. and if you just put them on the end here like mm-hmm. on this that'll give you enough weight to to kind of hold your arm in place. and so maybe
0: give that. you cancer while you're podcasting. probably yeah, yeah.
1: Well, or therapy <laughs> you know if you need that or magnetic yeah, that's therapy right. just yeah get your hands over it
0: <laughs> um and Jim um I believe that is Scott from Code Three podcast um it's something going to ask. That's a shock I, mount right there. This I was going to say the little rubber thing, yeah.
1: This little piece is a shock mount, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yes, I do have a shock mount. And it works pretty well. I tested it on my site. If you go to theaverageguy.tv, there's a gear tab or something like that. And I tested when I first got this. I was like, could this really be a shock mount? You know, you expect those big honking things, you know, yeah. uh, that are around it. And I tested it by tapping and doing some things. And it works pretty well. So, um, what's the name of it? It's a on on stage
0: on stage studio yeah something you can get up. them at uh at guitar center i've seen yeah them. they're cheap and yeah, i have one, I have one well. somewhere i think yeah. it took i have one to take on the road if i remember right and they're not bad as long as you're not i mean any mic if you you know if you're going crazy and you got a three-year-old that's just you know give me microphone it's like okay that's nothing, nothing's Nothing scared for a three-year-old so but uh that should be uh, no. That's it's a good. Thing. It's it's a good
1: little. It's been good for me not to have those big, you know, because I want to get my face
0: out there, not yeah. the not the. Yeah the 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 actual shock mount that's made for the RE20 or the RE320 is this big bracket thing with a square, and I'm like no. So I bought this little aftermarket thing that the rubber bands are getting kind of old in, and I'm noticing it's my microphone's droopy. I'm, I'm, I may need a blue pill for my. <laughs> my microphone here. <laughs> so going on? It's a little droopy, <laughs> but, uh, that's Hey, a funny joke for guys, our age. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you want to jump in, if you have a question and you want to ask it live, you can just go to ask the podcastcoach.com slash join. And, uh, if you are listening someplace that's not, if you don't see me right now, come on over to ask the podcastcoach.com slash live. Uh, that's where, uh, Jim and I are hanging out along with, uh, 16 of our closest friends. So, um, I have, let's see here. Okay. So, um, Nancy in a Facebook group said, I'm looking for sponsors and those wanting to run short ads throughout my podcast. What would be a good way to share this information so that others are interested? And this is one that I kind of, I don't want to say I scratched my head. But let's let's go to the obvious ones. Have you mentioned it on your podcast? Have you put a thing on your you know have you put a, a link that says sponsors on your website with like your media kit and what here's the thing. Uh, in fact, do I have it on here? I do not because it didn't work. It's ready for a power rant. i I'm I'm so tired of websites that don't put prices. I don't know. I get that they want you to contact them, but is it just me or that drives me nuts? There's a um which will lead me to another thing I saw. Uh glow.fm um, is basically a Patreon kind of uh wannabe kind of thing. Yeah, that's the technical term for it. And I I heard about it through um Let's see if I can do this. If I do that and do this and do this and then do that. Do you guys see, see, I can't, I can't share my, yeah. Okay. Um, So I'm looking at this and it's, this is how I found out about it because Erica Mandy does the newsworthy and she's like, Hey, if you want to be a, Oh, I forget what she calls it. You know, an awesome supporter by another name, blah, blah, blah. So I come over here and I'm like, Oh look, it's, it's some sort of Patreon kind of thing. Customized landing page. Apple Pay and Google Pay integration, free trials, gift subscription. I'm like, oh, cool. And it's purple, and apparently that is the color for every website now, purple and pink and aqua. It seems like every website is now... I'm like, oh, how very anchor of you. Uh, And, you know, I'm looking at it and, you know, all the stuff about how people get paid, and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, where are your fees? Like, certainly there's like... So then I go over to sign up, and there's nothing here about blah, blah. And I finally... I went to their terms of service thinking, well, somewhere in here you have to tell me and their there's uh, terms of service is uh, our platform fee is a preset negotiated percentage of processed subscriptions several other charges may apply that glow does not control meaning things like PayPal or whatever you know credit card pro prospe- prod- easy for me to say credit card processing fees are uh, they vary based on the subscription amount but are typically under 10%. In other words, it's Patreon uh, of the total amount we process for you across all your subscribers. But I was like, wait, how, how are you not putting your fees on your website? I was like, what? And so that's, that was one I'm like, this is not a good first impression. And it's the same thing. Uh, do I still have that? Cast kit? Let me see if that was it. Or kit cast. Maybe that was it. Uh, nope, kit, kit caster. And, and the only thing I give them credit, they left the E in. So it's actually K I T C A S T E R. And it's another one of these we'll get you booked on podcast. And I looked into that and I guess if I was doing a business and could track, track my ROI, but there are people that want anywhere from a hundred to $200 per episode like to get me booked on a podcast. And I'm like, I know it takes time to find the right podcast and the contact, but, um, anyway, so it can, Jim, it can, I think it can be a big deal. I mean, if yeah. you can
1: get on there, is it worth, I, I like your, like, what's the ROI? Um, you know, I like right. to be on, um, I was just on, um, and I was, I was, it's his after 40 podcast. Hold on. I always, I can never remember the name of this one get to get it just right. But, um, and it was a lot of fun. Like, I, I went on it not to be on another, I mean, not to gain listeners for Home Gadget Geeks, which is what it could have done. Upside of 40, which with with um, Sean Mooney, hmm. um, he, he, did, he actually did a really good job of helping me, <laughs> encouraging me to promote it. Like, he made a lot of tw- Twitter posts and copied me on it, so all I had to do was retweet it, some of those kinds of things. And it engaged in some of my listeners. Um, but I just, I enjoyed just the interview. It was fun for me to go out there and I'm not, it's a brand new podcast. So there's no incentive for me to necessarily jump on it. Cause he didn't have an audience in this area yet. He's hoping my audience comes over. Right. So there isn't necessarily a lot of incentive to me to be on that show, um, in that way. Incentive for him to, to, to promote to my listeners, and so it kind of works that way too. But I just enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed talking to him for an hour and fifteen minutes. I wouldn't shut up. I was it was technology. I just <laughs> kept talking. <laughs> so would I pay for that? So would I? Would I pay to get people on me other on other shows? No, because for me, I don't have a huge incentive. My podcast monetized completely right. different, so I just don't have the right incentive. But for Sean very, very possible that there's some nooks and crannies that if they, if he could get on other ones, although he, his, his, and he is an interview show. So he wants people, he wants to find people to interview that are interesting and then attract a the crowd to yeah. that. So, um, Which I, doesn't I wish always him heard. the best. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hard. It takes, that takes a lot of time I think to do those kinds of things, time and consistency. And, uh, you know, I, I listen to, to, um, uh, you know, podcast junkies. Hmm. And that's great. That's a lot of podcasters. But I almost after a while, I got to take a break. Like, uh, I don't know how many more podcasters I can listen to at the moment. Like, it's the the stories get very we're all have. We all have similar stories and some of yeah. those kinds of things. So those go in seasons for me or I'll listen to it. Harry's Harry's great. I mean, he's, yeah. he is a great host. If you're wondering how to do interviews, Harry's good at that. But I can only listen to him so long, and then I'm kind of okay. I need to, I need to go learn some more things. So,
0: well, that that goes back to uh, Randy had said something earlier when we're talking about making a a a good podcast, and not that you, we're not saying you hate Harry, but you are going to have your audience tune in and tune out. Yeah, so Randy said you got to be willing to be hated by some in order to be loved by a few. That was when we're talking about making a niche, but there are going to be times when your audience just kind of goes, I'm going to see what else is out there. Or you just get, like you said, you get tired of kind of hearing the same thing, and then they'll come back, and that's just something that uh, you kind of have to get, get used to. So um, I ranted, last week I ranted on my
1: podcast about technology being boring. Okay, I have a, mm. I have a technology podcast, and now I'm ranting about my own niche being boring. Um, remember, Dave, I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, sometimes when you get negative feedback, you that rallies your audience a little bit mm. around you. I kind of gave myself negative feedback that like I was, I was, you know, well, this week I had a whole bunch of people contact me about that topic. And like either agreeing with me or disagreeing with me right? and um, posting it on Twitter or hit me on our discord group or, or uh, sending me emails. Again, those oftentimes those things generate kind of activity, that's it. So I was ranting on my own. I was kind of ranting on my own thing, like, technology is <laughs> terrible right now.
0: <laughs> um, don't be boring. Yes, exactly. <laughs> don't do that. Just please, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's a quick question. Uh, I mentioned Teachable to support online courses. I also like um, Thinkific uh, is what I use at the School of Podcasting. But Udemy seems far more well-known here in Brazil um, here's I have a course on Udemy, um, planning your podcast. And I don't think it matters who you use. In the end, it's kind of like getting a book deal. You know, it's like, ooh, I'm on Udemy. Yeah, so is everybody else. So have fun getting found. It's gonna be up to you to promote it. And when I looked at it, I think I made more money in the long run if I use something like ThinkIfic or Teachable. And and I put like I said, I put it on Udemy. I get a whopping maybe five bucks a month from them. Uh, you do have to be careful with Udemy because you can give them permission to like sell your stuff at a hugely discounted uh, price. So you have to make sure to not check that if you don't want your course going for like two bucks Um but uh which is good for some people because they'll have multiple courses. and They're like, oh, yeah, sell them this one for two. And then maybe they'll buy the other one for 20 or whatever it is. But uh, no matter what you're using, you still have to market that and get out there. It's not it's definitely you to me is not a place where if I just put up my course, I'll make bazillions of dollars. Um, you know, and they're the good news is they are somewhat picky about your marketing over there. Like I had a, a course over there for a while, uh, how to podcast for free. And shocking, I had to take it down because the free host I was using went out of business. Yeah. Uh, and um, but I couldn't put the word free in my title. I mm-hmm. forget what I ended up doing, but they're like, yeah, we don't we don't do the low cost thing. or. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah, I think or, it, was but like, you're not, it was like podcasting on a budget or something like that. You're
1: not going to get people who are looking to podcast a free to pay. They'll probably pay. N- no. They won't pay anything for a course no, like that. They
0: want to learn right. how to podcast for free for I free.
1: They're doing yeah. it. The whole thing for free. I got to yeah. do the whole thing for free. And I get that, by the way. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of that way myself. Like I'm, we started trying out StreamYard at work and I'm just, their free version actually works out really, really well. And we host on YouTube. Guess what? That's free. I've got a Spreaker plan. That's super reasonable. Like I got, I got in on that really sweet deal that's there. So I, I get that. I like it, but there are times when you just need to pay, you know, you need to pay for things that you're going to get. And it's, it's certainly worth it. I mean, that's the hard part. You, it's kind of worth it. I'd rather put my money in hardware, lights, microphones, computers, those kinds of things if I can. But if you got to pay for it, you got to pay for, it. I pay for, um, Authonic every single month, you know, to do their. Oh, you got to buy, you got to buy a desktop version. I know. Here's the deal. Here's why I don't want to do that. I've been thinking a lot about it. Cause then when I reimage my PC or I have to do something then I got to reinstall it and it's, it's running locally. I kind of like in my workflow, I get done. And then I just send that thing to Afonic, And then I, yeah. I go do other things in an, in an hour or whatever. It comes back done. And then and I always have the most recent version of their algorithms and the things that they do. I don't have to worry about updates. So I'm a big cloud fan for that. It takes longer for sure to send yeah. it to them and do it that way. And it's probably more expensive in the long, you know, over a course of a year or two. It's probably more expensive to just to pay for their service. It's also, Dave. If I want to stop using it, I just stop paying for it. So you know, I run that risk on either end. So
0: Uh, Jay is um, the the man with the bad headphones. So he's already starting to sniff the (laughs) Rodecaster Pro. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. It's twice what you're going to pay, though, Jay. Twice.
0: It's twice. uh, I'm actually not using it today. Uh, I normally am. Uh, I was playing with some different things today. And for me, I'm not a big fan of Roadcaster multi-track to the computer. I think Mm -hmm. they're missing some pieces there in terms of being able to adjust individual sounds, but Roadcaster multi-track to your SD card. So you got to buy a new SD card that's going to, because they don't give you the option to pick which tracks are going. So you're going to record all 14. So like last week uh, when I recorded, ask the podcast coach, I had every track of ask the podcast coach, even though there was, me on one track, Jim on the other, and the iPad on the other track. I got all whatever it is fourteen, which is somewhat annoying, but not really because they have a really nice tool that you you open it up and say, "Hey, save this file over here." It it whatever whatever it it shrink wraps or unshrinks the file because it's one file uh, called PolyWave, and when you say save it over here, it un it takes the one file and turns them into many and then you just go in and delete the other tracks. It's not that big a deal. The the biggest bummer is it takes up room on your SD card, but if you buy a big SD card, you're good to go. And it is a bummer that you have to take the SD card out to put it in your computer. It
1: doesn't show up. The SD card doesn't show up on the computer when you plug oh, it in via USB. You
0: have to you have to do the old take the card out, put it in the thing in my bobby and then yeah. put it there and then put this into your computer. And that's again, so it's it's like sandpaper. It's not yeah. really. It's like, eh, this would be so much easier if I just plugged it in and went, you know, like the road, I but or not the road, but the uh, the mix pre that I'm sitting here using right now. I just go into my control panel and go file transfer and all of a sudden it stops working as an interface, right. but literally it opens up a folder on my computer and goes, "Here it is." And I go, "Oh yeah, copy, paste." And when it gets done doing that, I go delete off the original one and we're good to go. That's a
1: lot better engineering that that way. Uh, than what road is doing. Cause I think it's really just a software switch in there to make that happen um, yeah. on the yep. USB side. So it's got to see it instead of it be seeing it as a feed, it sees it as a storage device, windows Mac will, yeah. we'll, will see it differently from that standpoint. I'd love to cause that's a, you're right. I think it's better to record locally to that SD card than it would be to stream that across USB three. I think it's a better, it's a way better experience, way less la- latency, fewer things to go wrong. But it would be great if Dave, at one point, you could say, "Okay, I now I want to, I want to access the storage, flip it over, and it shows up as a window. Then you can drag it into yeah. your,
0: drag it on your PC and edit it. It does make things easy. I mean, when I was when we were using the phone thing. I I was using the Rodecaster for that. Um, If you think about it, you could have multiple Mix Minuses going because it builds the Mix Minus in. So you have a Mix Minus via USB, then you could plug your phone into it. And then if you wanted to, you could plug your iPad via Bluetooth into the unit. So I can actually have three remote guests and have Mix Minus built into everybody. And if the the thing that, um, again we're always going to find something to kind of mm, nitpick is it, it records in my opinion, a little low and they have some sort of master compressor in there. And and when I talked to them about this at NAB, they said, yeah, we kind of made it impossible to record bad audio. And I'm like, mm, that's a good point. But for me, I always go in and have to, just bump up the volume just a little bit. It's not a lot. So again, I'm really nitpicking, but it's pretty handy. It's just a matter of the people that contact me and go, yeah, um, I'm not very technical. I want to do my interviews over the phone. What's the easiest way? And I go roadcaster pro and they go, great. How much is that? And I go 600 bucks. They go, what else you got? <laughs> so it's, it's understandable. It's not the uh, cheapest thing on the block, but, and it's big. The, the biggest reason I'm not using it today is I'm like, I don't feel like rearranging my desk. to make room. I need to get another desk. For the roadcaster, I can just wheel it over. Somebody said earlier, a uh, uh, get a music stand would work. Uh, also, going back to Authonic, uh, uh, Bang said that the uh, the web version of phonic does have more stuff. So yeah, if you wanted it to really go in, and you could actually have it published to Libsyn or wherever, along with ID three tagging. Yeah, so you get which much- I don't use.
1: I don't use any yeah. of that.
0: I yeah, take you're the just- standard
1: defaults, but.
0: Yeah, that's me. If you're just leveling it out and removing some some hiss, so great then uh Alphonic so is the best. And I don't know how I live without it. I really need a jingle for this. Like Jim gets to geek out on hardware. Yes. But uh Do Randy it. can Randy Cantrell from the Yellow Studio down in Fort Worth or not Fort Worth. Is he in Fort Worth? Yeah. Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Dallas. Um same. uh wants to know oh no, so not the same thing. <laughs> no, same. Know. I once drove from Fort Worth to Dallas <laughs> and I'm like, are we not there yet? Uh, I'm so used to Ohio. If you <laughs> have you ever figured out uh, good, better, best PC builds for podcasting? You said a friend asked me, and I'm on a Mac, so yeah, clueless. Well, PCs change so rapidly that, and
1: it's hard to say, oh, you should be buying this model or these kinds of things. Um, so I told Randy in the chat, I, if people are buying a PC, mm. I always say let's talk about it because it's just. Depends on the season, what they're buying, what, what else they're using it for. That makes a difference. Um, Intel, the Intel processor series, Core i7, Core i5, Core i3, which is actually pretty easy to remember, right? 3, 5, and 7 are kind of there with 3 in it. And it's easy to remember because 3 is the low end, 5 is middle range, 7 is the high end. So for most podcasters who are just doing audio podcasting, I didn't, never recommend the Core i3 series because they're just too slow. It's just those are awful. So that's budget. It, those are the ones you buy at Best Buy for four hundred bucks. Don't buy those. Stop buying that stuff. It's junk. But the five, <laughs> okay, the Core i5 series please with <laughs> with with yeah, exactly. Uh, the Core i5 series with eight gig of RAM, and if you can get an SSD in there, for most podcasters, that's going to be eight nine thousand dollars for a PC or so. That's really the area. Again, a Core i5, 8 gig of RAM, and an SSD drive. You're in pretty good shape if you have all three of those things. If you want to go power, you would go a Core i7, 16 gig of RAM, still an SSD, uh, maybe just a bigger one uh, that, that is in there. So those are kind of some easy, simple principles for a a good and better. Um, you can go best and just buy a Mac. There you go. Well, Jim, you know what? You-
0: You know, just go Mac. I love that. Do you know what that sound means? Don't you? Uh, Um, Yeah, awesome supporters. It's time for our awesome supporters. I love that sound. All right. Anyway, uh, stop that. Way too many buttons on this thing. Um, I'm playing again with Backpack Studio today. Why? Because I had like three people, and talk about passion. I've had people say like, "You like? Why are you not talking about Backpack Studio?" So. Somewhere in the future, I will be talking about Backpack Studio. But I do want to thank our awesome supporters. If you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, uh, we're talking about awesome people like uh, Greg from Shepherd.com, Glenn the Geek Hebert over at com, Josh Rivers from podcastingexperiments.com, Max Trescott at aviationnewstalk.com, Shane from spybrary.com, uh, Carrie Bond over at keywestperspective.com slash podcast. Uh, my buddy Ronsley down in Australia at mustamplify.com. It's the Amplify Media Group. Carl White at lifeinthecarolinaspodcast.com. And Kim craggy over at Toastmasters101.net. If you'd like to be an awesome supporter, all you have to do is go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And don't forget, I think today is the last day. I think this goes through June. Web is there, yeah. There's June 30th, there's tomorrow. Um, but uh, it ends in June. If you join at the five dollar level, you get a schoolofpodcasting.com sticker. That's right, an actual schoolofpodcasting.com slash sticker. I thought about that. If I was if, if I wanted to really do a cool thing, I should have made something like I'm an awesome supporter sticker. That you only get if you're an awesome supporter. Because technically if you see me at a trade show and said, Dave, can I have a sticker? I would I would probably give you one. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure i have a sticker for, for, you, do for not, you. I will for have you. to get you one. Uh, I'm gonna I was thinking, like, do
1: I have a sticker? I got a bunch of them on the back of my this is my Surface Pro 3. But hmm. Well, I'll have to get one in the mail.
0: Yeah, Banks says, hey, the the Roadcaster only records 14 tracks and chunks out at what, 35 minutes? I've never had it. I mean, the one day, I remember I was using it, multi-track, went down, recorded my, ate my lunch, came back upstairs, and I'd never hit stop on it. So it had been going like two hours. And as far as I know, it was just quite the pain in the butt to then, you know, pull out those files because it was a mammoth file to, uh, to get it done. Uh, Marcus Couch says, uh, I'm saving up for the roadcaster. Hopefully I can pick it up next month. Uh, it is really cool. It's it's got some some cool stuff, especially for guests on a show. Yeah, it's um, Randy's been crowdsourcing. Yep. that. oh, he's that's close.
1: He's super close.
0: Yeah, the um, what he did was really cool. Mm-hmm. Is he instead of having to go through Patreon or PayPal, he had people buy him gift cards at Sweetwater. So that every ounce of money that comes to him can be used towards the purchase. I was like, that's if you're trying to get good gear, that I was like, ooh, that's that's that was creative right there. No, it's a good uh, way to do
1: it and he's close. I, I think and what I love about what Randy has done is that he hasn't like he's been at this a while. I mean I yeah. since the fall, I think, in in or early or maybe late winter. Uh so he's been doing it a while. And he hasn't given up on it. And some podcasters are like, hey, you know, help me do this and I'll do that. And they try it for a month. And if it doesn't work, it's gone. Right. They give up on it. Yeah. And Randy's just been slowly. but And he, he, I'll be honest, Randy, Randy's listening out there. I, I would have given by now if it were me, I'd have given up and just paid the, you know, you're you're at 90 percent. Like, so you got like a 100 bucks to go. Not even that. I'd have just paid it and bought it. <laughs> like, I I do not have the patience to wait that long, but he has really been good about talking about it, posting it on his Facebook group, talking to his audience about it. And he's got a good, what I like about it, he's got this really good audience participation thing behind it. So if you contribute to it, you get to, he, he interviews you and talking about something that you're grateful for. That's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, it's a really good, it's a really good way to get your audience involved.
0: Yeah. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is there are people like me that binge listen to Randy. So it's that time of year now where it's eight o'clock sun's going down time to slap on some Randy and walk around the pond. And so I was you know, oblivious to this whole thing going on. I was like, Oh, hold on. I got to run over and and slap Randy some, some money. So if you had given up after a month, you know, it's not going to work. So uh, Randy asked, do I still use audition? I actually don't. And it's nothing against audition. It's a great tool. I actually bought a course from Mike. Um Stewart? No, not Mike Stewart. Mike and Isabella Russell. Um that just it's amazing the stuff you can do in that. I use Hindenburg. And why? Because it's easy and it works. And I bought a $30 plugin that has a noise gate um esser blah, 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 built into it that I throw into Hindenburg, and I'm like, done. You know, so for me. Uh, and I still, you I still know pay to, you know, yeah. Hindenburg. And I yeah. think
1: it's as much as, you know, like I won't leave audacity because that's what I know. Yeah. And I've used addition and everybody's like, oh, there's other things. I'm like, no, uh, addition works or, uh, audacity works just fine for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why well, I, I, uh, I mean, Steve Stewart makes a living editing audio. What does he use? Audacity. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, it's, yeah, it's
1: audacity with all by the way, is- it's oh, yeah. perfect. Right? Done that, deal. that works. That works great. Uh, Phonic will make the MP3 for you. It'll do all the edits for you or not the edits, but it'll do the sound and all the other stuff for you. And then you're done. Super, super
0: great. Yeah. Uh, Bangs is saying he said he had someone complain last night, the backpack truncated audio clips. Um, hmm. Don't, I haven't played enough with it. It's, it's a neat, I'm using it basically as a jingle palette today. So, you know, if, if we need, you know, laughter or, you know, that kind of stuff and it's the thing i just did by accident um he said holding up the screen is is right now it's got these big and you can make these circles smaller and if i held down a button i'm trying to do this behind the scenes yeah i could import from dropbox or i could if i hold down a button yeah you can now see where i can go and adjust the volume it's pretty slick and I did this on accident i was was looking at the screen where I have a bunch of things, and I just happened to do one of these and whole you get a whole other screen so you could like I could have one screen for ask the podcast coach so if somebody says hi o p r forty you know i'm I'm good to go and then have a whole other screen for whatever other live show I was doing um so it's pretty slick and this I'm starting to see and I know somewhere in here I think you can now broadcast live from this some way so Um, but we're using YouTube at this point, so we're good to that. Um but uh it's um it's a cool little app. I think it was probably ten bucks for it, something like that. Cause I was looking at other jingle stuff and some of them are they get really. So this is
1: backpack that you're talking about, backpack studio. This is backpack studio. It
0: used to be boss jock? It used to be boss jock, but what's weird is they just came out with an update to Boss Jock Junior. And I'm like, wait, I thought Boss Jock had turned into Backpack. So that's kind of a little a little bit of a head scratcher, um, but um, at any rate, um, and Jason Bryant right now is mowing the lawn. So for any of you keeping track at home, if, uh, that's always He's interesting. Home.
1: He's home. Which yeah, is yeah good. That, he he that's true. He's he doesn't in, get
0: too many Saturday mornings at home these days. Yeah, Bang says, yeah, a Polywave chunks at four gigabytes, which is thirty-five minutes or so. So you get multiple files over every thirty-five minutes to manage. Interesting, because I know on the Mix Pre Six. I was doing something the other night, and it at two hours started a new file. It was just like, okay, we're done. We can't keep any more in that. But uh, I'll have to I'll have to play with that with the uh, the roadcaster and see if it chunks out at thirty five minutes. Dave, I'm
1: a little torn.
0: Uh, this week we tried
1: Streamyard at Gallup, so mm-hmm. you know, I got that notice that Hangouts on Air is going away, and so I've been. Trying different things. Some of my listeners got excited because they heard me say OBS. And so yeah. they've been like, oh, this is going to be great. I can help you, you know, yeah. call me. And, uh, and thanks to everybody who contacted me uh, offering help. I always appreciate that. I'll probably take it. I'm going to take the easy options first. So we went to StreamYard and man, my listeners on the Gallup side, they love the chat room feature of bringing that thing in. You know, when you when you click on the chat and it brings it in, that that was like, What? Wait, what? What are you doing? And then all of a sudden, chat started picking up. Like you could, the fact that they were going to get their chat seen on the screen. Oh, that's it. Like, so chat started picking up. The show started getting more dynamic. We did one in the Philippines on Tuesday night. And I normally, when I do Asia, I get, I don't know, a handful, five to join us live. And we had like 25 join us live. And they really got into it. So I thought, well, this is cool. And then I did a little research on Zoom as well. Um Zoom, we have the webinar version of Zoom, so you have to have the full paid version of this. But there is a stream right to YouTube or right to Facebook. You can do that through Zoom. They've got some capabilities and yeah. check check your local listings for the your, your payments of what that costs uh, based on your market. But we um I'm gonna do StreamYard for a couple of weeks and then we are gonna try Zoom for a couple of weeks and and just kind of see, get some audience feedback, try yeah. it out. Like how do you like it? What do you like? What don't you like? More than just a week. Like I think it's important that we do this maybe over a month to really give the audience kind of a feel for what it is. Even for me, uh, Zoom is free because it's paid for by the company uh, right. for what we do. I'd have to pay with Streamyard if I wanted to remove the logo. Yeah. I would need to pay the two hundred a year or whatever it is. Yeah. To, you're you're paid. You're on the paid plan for this, right? You have the logo. Yeah. Normally the logo would be right here.
0: Yeah. If I I think there's a weird thing. If I wanted to, I can make my own
1: overlays, there's some overlay capabilities, right? Yeah, I, mean, if I could you can do, do I can do that yeah. and
0: put a logo there and we could do that, which, yeah. but after that's, a while, it's like, there's too much. Like we're, I'm like, I can almost see Dave through all the things <laughs> so on the screen. That, that seems a little, ch- not
1: childish. That's not the right word, but yeah. maybe like Legos to me to have all that, to have all that branding in there. Some folks like to do it. I did watch some YouTube videos of folks creating graphics. So I went the OBS route as well. Mm. And man, holy cow. I So I watched about three hours of OBS tutorial <laughs> videos, just watching all the various things you could do on it. And I thought, okay, this is, it's one of those programs that's so powerful. It has too many options. Yeah, like, People always say it's overwhelming. And you're like, yeah, this is actually yeah. kind of overwhelming. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. Um, we're still working on it. So I'll, I'll be making, uh, between now and the end of the year, we'll figure out kind of where
0: we land and where we're going to go. Well, here's the thing do you really think the ability to go live on YouTube is officially going away uh, sure seems like it I, I I don't I don't know if I there's, can say yes part of or no. me that goes it's so easy to make content but that well, means you know that anybody that wants a video on YouTube has to use Camtasia or they just download their Facebook video now that they're going live over there and upload it to YouTube I'm like I think YouTube is seeing the fact that a lot of folks are using
1: third-party video capture device or capturing yeah. services, anyways. Mm-hmm. So StreamYard, right? We're still we're still going to YouTube Live, right? I mean, right. We're just using StreamYard as the front end to make the connection. So, uh, so that is still there. Um, I I don't I don't know, Dave. I mean, it it that uh, YouTube.com/webcam. You know, you yeah. can you can stream from one camera. It would be great if you could just bring somebody else. Like if, if you could send that connection to somebody, say, join me here. Yeah. That's Hangouts On Air. It's also WebRTC, I think, is what we've we figured yeah. out, right? that yeah. YouTube.com slash webcam is the RTC version, WebRTC. And I think they're trying to make, I think YouTube is trying to make this conversion to get everybody off clients and get everybody on WebRTC. And to do that is painful. Yeah. And uh and so I kind of think they're like, well, do we really want to be in that business or do we want to be in the video hosting business? And we all know Google has a problem with killing those things that work best for them. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. But especially if there's an appetite, I don't know how many people here on StreamYard are paying the $20 or 25 bucks a month whatever that is. If there's an appetite for it, I just Google struggles to make to figure out how to make money beyond anything around advertising. It seems like as soon as they try to do any other kind of retail, they screw it up, you know, and it's like, guys, it's just retail. Hire somebody who knows something about retail. You guys could be killing it. You guys there. This this whole acquisition, you know, they they acquired Nest, right? That's the the thermostat company. And they're trying to merge those two together. And they have just. God, they have just messed up that brand, and now it's Google Nest, and it's like, like, what kind of marketing genius took a year to figure out the word to take the two names <laughs> and just put them together, and yet it did. It took them a full year, and it's a mess. So I don't know. Google's Google is a struggle. YouTube, in YouTube in particular, for for content creators, has been awful. I mean, I just I cannot it could, just kind of Google. Uh, you know, YouTube. How, what would you What would you search for on YouTube to find all the disgruntled people who have been screwed by YouTube for their monetization stuff that they're doing? It's It's been a ton, and it's just
0: yeah. I don't know, I know Dave. I know the fun thing to Google is Google graveyard. That's always a fun thing to Google. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. You just have to be fun. careful with them. Like I, yeah. Yikes! But uh, let me see if I I just realized. If I do this on my iPad, yes. I'm like, I have no way to fade music in. I'm like, wait a minute. Because this is all like, I'm like, oh, okay. You can always add it in the post. That's right. Uh, Well, I'm actually just doing it via, I think. Yes, there we go. I'm like, I'm doing it via the the volume knob on the the iPad. But uh, stick around. We got more post show coming up. We're going to talk about streaming tools like Stream Deck. And I guess it's go goxler. That would be go, go XLR. I don't know. Um, See if anybody's used those, but uh, Jim, what's coming up on the, the average guy.tv. Absolutely nothing. I took two weeks off,
1: so (laughs) no show last night. I really am taking two weeks off, not putting anything in the feed, not apologizing, not anything. I'm just taking a vacation. So it's kind of nice. So nothing. But if you want to catch the back episodes and catch up, the average guy.tv.
0: There you go. And uh, this week on the School of Podcasting, it's funny because I always say something like, this is what's coming up this week. And then you listen, you go, hey, he totally switched gears. So I do that apparently a lot. But I do know what's coming up. It has been nice. I've actually had a an episode in the can because I, I recorded last week's episode, which had a lot of audience feedback. And I got done. It was like an hour and 10 minutes long. And I'm like. I don't want to listen to an hour and 10 of Dave and, and some other things. So I'm like, you actually have two episodes here. So this week I'm going to do an episode that everybody loves to talk about. And it's based on you, Jim Collison. You're the one that said, Hey, that thing where you said, here's the way you make money and here's why he goes, you should write that down. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that. So yeah. that is what's going up on. Uh, so if you listen to me, say that here, you're gonna hear it again. No, a little bit. Listen more.
1: again. It's gonna be even better. Listen yeah, again. Yeah,
0: it's a little more elaborated, and there's a little more why and things like that. But uh, thanks to the chat room, we're here every Saturday at the dot slash live. Uh, stick around for some post show.